I love his sense of humor. Yeah. I love how he brings. I think we're good. As I was pondering uh, the word, I was hearing worry ward. <laughs> worry ward. And I'm thinking, worry word. And then I'm wondering, is that even a word? Right? So, of course, Google is the one that's always responsive. So I put it in, and it gave the beginnings of where worry word had its beginning. In 1956, there was a comic strip. I don't remember it. But one of the main characters was Worrywart. And everywhere Worrywart went, he would bring worry to the scene. Mm-hmm. Amen? Well, it's not been a very good comic strip. It's not around anymore. No, sir. <laughs> Worrywart, so we just got rid of him a long time ago. But if you turn to Matthew 6, because worry... Um, a person who tends to dwell unnecessarily on difficulty or troubles. And you know, our time of working together, my personal life, our house, going to see our children. Are we troubled in many ways? Are we worrying about things? Began to be aware of how much weight We've waited for 25 years for God to make a way for this building next door. And then not realizing the weight of now, how that's begun to push on other things in our lives. The weight of the kingdom, when we carry that which God is asking us to do, to be obedient to, even as Abraham and Sarah 25 years later, It pushed a lot of things to be evident of shortcomings, poor decisions, obstacles, things that otherwise would not have appeared. Even the laughter that Sarah had when it was spoken by the angels that she was going to conceive a child at over 90 years old. And so I've tried to just Allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to quicken to me. Worry, restless, uneasy, eager, impatient. I'm looking at all these areas in our life. Look at how much sickness has occurred on the membership, on the living members of this house since we began to be obedient to that which God has asked us to do. If somebody would have recorded from the moment that we said, Yes, Lord, this is back to December, 
And if you look at all of the things that have pressed us, that has touched the very aspects of our lives, that where we come to a setting of worry, unbelieving, possibly uneasy, impatient. I mean, we come back from a beautiful setting, right? Of going to sight and sound. There was 12 of us that went down to Lancaster. And all the wonderful, miraculous, beautiful experiences that each one of us had, individually but as a group. And then since we've come back even from that, (laughs) right Chris? (laughs) Really, you're now being required to make bricks without straw. Aren't you, Chris? (laughs) See, it's not until we come into the understanding that we allow ourselves to realize of where we've said yes and how God is now purpose to fulfill everything that he has said he's going to do. We activated something as a family in December. And with that activation came all of the things that have become a part of our story. And that's where I want to go to Matthew. Chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. <laughs> right? What you put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they never saw, nor reap, nor gather into barns. So, excuse me. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you not more value than they? Now listen to this part. Which of you by worrying could add one cubit or one foot, 18 inches, to your height? Or add a single hour to your days? And so I continually ponder the places that I find my own life in, those that are around me, but yet asking the Lord, how will you get us across this sea, if you will, this place of impossibility? Now let's go back to Psalms 139. Can you add one foot to your height? Can you add one hour to the length of your days? I formed you. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. 
Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So as we look at this setting that we cannot add or take away from what's been written concerning you and my life. An assurance, a purpose, a hope, an awareness of what God is presently doing in the midst of what we find ourselves right now in probably a pressing time. Brian, five weeks of this whole right side, the worst it's ever been. We have Linda in the hospital, which is apparently started out with maybe just a small cut at the mailbox, which now everything else has become much enlarged. Sean, still today, they're doing tests. They have no idea of what this, uh, it's not an abrasion, but what this infection, what this sore is. Chad, MRSA. Steve Lamford says, I have to leave early this morning because we took Debbie to the hospital last night and they couldn't run a CAT scan. So I'm taking her this morning because they're going to run a CAT scan. But yet in the middle of this, I go back to hug John, and John doesn't have a patch on his eye. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So I'm listening to John's words. And he says, yeah, the dilation hasn't changed like it's supposed to. But... I have better sight in my left eye than I do my right eye. I have now 1520. So Christine said, should I take the dart gun and shoot the right eye? (laughs) So I told John, I said, you're going to have to stand and just take it. We're being brought to the place where we recognize that the energy and the strength that we put into what is either a temporary setting or still is yet unknown, we're finding that we're doing it less and less. I mean, if you just listen to Tom and Judy's testimony of change of heart, Let's sell the home. We found the place. All the steps that looked like they were the open doors. And then there was a change. And now they are content with where they presently are and what God has written concerning them. I'm trying to hold on to this place of being unmoved, realizing when there are things that go where I don't think that they should be going in a day. I'm saying, is this part of the story? Rather than giving strength to that which is uncontrollable or out of my control, how do I bring myself into a place where I'm saying, Lord, is this part of the story? And how will you use it? What's my part in it? What's my place in it? 
I'm sorry? What do I get rid of? To make room for my next apartment. I have to hear, uh, weed down some stuff. Weed down some stuff. What are we doing in the building next door? Weeding out. Weeding out. In these times that we find ourselves in crying out for the Lindas and the Jeanettes and the others, he's weeding out the places of unbelief. Do we not come together and have more faith? Didn't the disciples say, I believe, but Jesus, help my unbelief? Are we any different than they? There isn't anything that's transpiring in your and my life that we have read about others in our family that have been challenged with the very same thing. We've often used the Abraham and Sarah setting. Fortunately, We didn't have to wait as long as Abraham and Sarah had to wait to begin to recognize the promise. Because look how quickly God is moving. There are a number of obstacles. There's a a huge opportunity for doubt and unbelief. But yet there's this injection of 1520 sight. Right, John? It was better than it was before you were injured. So does that mean that though we're tired, though we're weary, though for five weeks Brian has dealt with the most severity that he's had to almost paralyze his whole right side, and I believe the word was spoken by you this morning, Sean, that the latter is going to be greater than the former. So is this place that we find ourselves in presently as part of our story as the overcomers, because the word has come for months and years of the life of the overcomer, is this all to allow us to become those? And there was somebody, I can't remember, I'm not sure if it was Keith, my son-in-law. It was somewhere in this last week or so that somebody was talking about our lives as it was with the disciples, and could our lives be being written about for others to read? And of course, I didn't inject the scripture that there is an everlasting gospel that will be released during the kingdom age. And could that be writings about your and my life that others will look to as the Abraham and Sarah's and looking at these insurmountable physical afflictions because we have faith in the spiritual things, the unseen. Don't we? God spoke this and I believe it. I'm supposed to run the next marathon, the next 10-mile marathon. And then what happens? You break your leg. The physical evidence takes away from that which has been spoken. Now, I'm just going to kind of close with this, and I want you to read this with encouragement. I grabbed this other Bible that I haven't grabbed for a long, long time, and inside there's a note. It was written on 1021 of 2012, which tells me that had to be during the Feast of Tabernacles of 2012. And it was Job 
38, and it says, Have you, with a question mark. Now, I want you to go, if you would please, to Job 38. Because God keeps bringing His Word to affirm, establish the things that we believe for, the things that we prophetically hear and contend for, the things that we have deep in our hearts believing for, because the Word is our rock. Now, for those of you that may not know the story of Job, but Job was a very wealthy man, had lots of family, had everything going for him, often considered a righteous man. And by the time you get to chapter 37, just about everything's been removed from his life. Family, livestock, anything of value, boils on his body, even to the point where I just assume move on from this life. So Job's life was filled with God being silent. Where are you? Why? All of my friends are telling me all of these things, of these afflictions, and why all of this that is no longer in my life? And I've just continued to try to weave this with Psalms 139, because it's really become a a foundation for me. Because if it's been written, then it must become fulfilled. Because God is the author. God is the author. We can say the translators translated the way they did and the way that it's been translated in different versions. But ultimately, either God is the author and the founder of our eternal lives, of who we are in God, who we are in His Son, Christ Jesus. But I want you to listen to this, and if you could, if you have time in these next few days, read Job 38 and 39. Now, I'm just going to just give you just a couple of highlights related to worry. Related to our story, before you entered your mother's womb, before you even had a day that you breathed, God had His plan for you. And we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit of God that hovered over the darkness. God spoke, let there be light, and the Holy Spirit said, yes, manifested light. Now, this is Job after a number of years of saying, where are you, God? Amen? This is verse 1 of Job 38. Like I said, I'm just going to bring out a few highlights, and I would encourage you to read chapter 38 and 39. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel? By words without knowledge? This is God speaking to Job. Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me, Job. I want you to listen to the power 
of who God is. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely, Job, you know. I want to bring the substance to what we think we should be concerned about. If God established the earth and its measurements, and we think that we can worry and add 18 inches a foot to our height or one moment to our day, this is the power of God to fulfill life concerning you. Oh, who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. When water, water then came out of the earth. Remember, there was no rain. It didn't just keep gushing and gushing and gushing. If you bring, read the book of... Um, What's the one that, uh, the book of Jasher? Because the book of Jasher confirms this. There are doors that God created that he controls to contain the borders of the oceans. Everything that God has done, he controls. <laughs> Have you commanded the morning since the days began and caused the dawn to know its place? that it might take hold of the ends of the earth? The Father has everything in our lives in the palm of His hand. When you begin to read the power and the demonstration of everything that you see, everything that we know, everything that we're learning about, speaks about the celestials right now that they're seen through Hubble. All these, there's universes that we have not even seen, black holes that are going to places that we don't even know where they go. And he's the one that's formed every day to have the outcome that he desires to see take place for your story to continue until it's finished, until it's complete. For you individually, we as a family, we as the greater body of Christ, who's aligned with the fullness, because I continue to see that we are part of preparing the return of the Lord. However that's going to transpire, but we've been given this time that we've been born, been born in this age, in this day, to come to a place that we could begin to walk this out together. I know it's not been easy. I know there's places that the, like the rivets on a ship, the seams have been stressed. But even our time together and 
working in the building next door, realizing this is so much more than us. But He's giving us the ability to work together, to stand together, to believe together. And when one becomes weak, strength comes along. And then there's a testimony of the supernatural intervention of that which is beyond the natural ability, beyond what we can do for one another. And then He in turn comes in. So worry wart is a real word. But yet God is the one who says, I have your life exactly where I desire it to be. And I am going to walk this out with you. I've given you the Holy Spirit. The life of my Son has prepared the way for each and every one of you. And that you would stay close to me and stay close to one another. And he will fulfill. We spoke about tabernacles this morning. Sean let us know it's only two meetings off. (laughs) Two meetings. That's October. August. Two elders, our elders deacon meetings. Sorry, not Sundays. (laughs) That's how quickly time has accelerated the very things that God's accomplishing. We put our hands to the plow and he's doing so much more all around us. Just like Barbara Dean has spoken. Because we've believed for a long time and we don't realize the environment that God has allowed us to bring others into to bring change. Yes, Belinda? I ran into Ebenezer this morning. Beautiful. And did not know about the expansion and the cornerstone and all this stuff. Um, he said when you're ready to paint, he's bringing his brothers from Ghana to help. He just needs a little bit of notice. So he has brothers willing to come help. And Ebenezer lives with him full time. Beautiful, beautiful. He's at back at Beloso. He's back? You're kidding. He comes on weekends, but he's going to put in for a couple hours off on Sunday mornings to join us. He said Interesting. His brothers are painters. Remember when we were putting the roof on this building here? Yeah. For those of you that weren't here, uh, man, woman, and child, God used to build this house. And we had piles of dirt and this ledge all over the place. And one night there was, I don't know, like 25 Michaelists on their way to Maine. And they said, listen, do you mind? We just need a place to rest. Do you mind if we spend the night and we'll be out of your way in the morning? So I said, well, if you can find a spot back there for all of you. So they got up and then they realized that they had extra time. Part of their story, they had extra time. So they said, you know, we've got about four hours. Is there anything that we could help you with? Well, we had to have the roof done before we could start the electrical work. So guess what? We got about half of that roof done while they were here. And they said, thank you for letting us stay. We've got to go to Maine. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for each life, all that you're doing, all the things that we don't see that you're doing. 
But Father, we hold every one of these people before you that we prayed for this morning. Father, we ask that there would be divine intervention in these physical bodies, in our weaknesses where, Father, you would show yourself strong. And that, Father, as we continue to see the people in the food bank, those that are coming, hunger and thirsting after that which they don't really understand or know, let it be found in you this morning. Let it be found in you as we gather together tomorrow, or excuse me, after this gathering here, as we gather, as we prepare for the food bank. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Any announcements? Barney. Yes. You're saying, where, you're saying where, where is it, Joe? Where is it, Joe? <laughs>